Something that is really hot right now is cycle syncing. I do believe in being in sync with your own cycle, but a lot of these programs and recommendations, they're just very standardized. This is not how it works because women vary so much with their periods. Welcome to the 10 podcast hosted by me, Danielle Gray, founder of Train Like a Gymnast. This show aims to help formerly competitive athletes succeed at life after organized sport. Tenno serves a community of recovering perfectionists and high achievers who want to become their best selves through discussions about mental health, personal development, movement education, setting expectations and boundaries, as well as limiting beliefs. If you're hearing this message, that means there's still space left in our 2023 Bali retreat. All you got to do is go to trainlikeagymnast.com slash retreat to learn more. All of that information will be in the show notes and we hope to see you there. Welcome to the 10 podcast. We have Miss Joanna Arnold who has been with us before and we're bringing her back, but for a different angle. So thank you so much for being here and for reaching out and I'm glad we made this work. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited. So uh, in this season, we've been starting off each episode with a this or that, and it's just a rapid fire, five questions. You got to choose one and then we'll get into the, you know, the background and everything. So First one, training or competing? Training. Stretching or conditioning? Stretching. Hot foods or cold foods? Hot foods. Body weight or weights? Weights. And bloating or cramping? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) bloating. (laughs) Really? Oh, great, great, great. So for those of you who haven't heard the original episode, go back to around December 19th. It's either the end of season one or beginning of season two. And listen to that episode with Joanna's kind of struggle through eating disorder, gymnastics culture, all of that. She has recently shifted her focus here. And for those of you who aren't familiar with who she is, or you plan to listen to this one before that one, uh, let's have you go ahead and give everybody a little bit of athletic background and then like who you are. Yeah. So I was a rhythmic gymnast for eight years and you know, that whole journey definitely led me to an interest in nutrition. So I became a registered dietitian and I've been working as a sports dietitian for quite a while, working with professional sports teams, as well as collegiate. Um, and then on the side, I was also doing my own private practice, um, doing virtual nutrition coaching. And now I am doing that full time and, Yeah, initially I was very interested in doing strictly sports nutrition. Um, And I think just with my own past um, and having, you know, a lot of issues with my own hormones and seeing how this is all connected to like being super active, how that influences your hormone health. I really wanted to dive into that as my niche and focus. So now I am a women's health dietitian. Um, I do work with a lot of active women who are struggling with hormone issues as well as just everyday women and helping them balance their hormones, have a really healthy pain-free period and just, you know, learn what it means to be in balance as a woman. Yeah. So what made you ideally make that shift, um, to who your, who your ideal client was, like, what was, was there a defining moment? Was there kind of a frustration or a roadblock where, or were you not feeling fulfilled in what you were doing before that made you shift to focusing on active women and regulating the hormones? Yeah, it was a combination of things. Um, I would say one being the fact that I realized that like just sports nutrition alone wasn't 
super fulfilling for me. And for a while I was focusing on, um, like disordered eating and body image issues in active women, um, and really using like the intuitive eating approach. But even with that, I saw that like, while clients were improving their relationship with food, their health was still struggling. And that made me realize that like intuitive eating is kind of a privilege to be able to just, you know, heal your relationship with food and feel great. Um, some women have so many underlying things going on, you know, with their hormones that require a deeper look at their nutrition. And that's when I was like, I really want to focus on hormone health and helping women feel really good while having a great relationship with food and their body. Right. So with your background in rhythmic gymnastics, I mean, this kind of goes, goes with that in general is the, what did rhythmic gymnastics teach you and what did it not teach you? So it obviously did not teach you healthy eating habits. Um, so, but you can feel free to expand or change your answer. Like what did rhythmic gymnastics teach and not teach you? Yeah. So I guess I'll start with what it didn't teach me. Um, you know, it didn't teach me anything about nutrition and how to support a body that is very active, you know, training 30 hours a week. Um, and also just in general, if you're committed to any type of movement practice, like what that means in terms of your nutrition, I did not know anything about that. And just wasn't thinking about like how important my period is. That was not prioritized as an athlete. It was just considered normal if you don't have a period. So no sense of urgency with things like that. And I feel like I didn't realize what rhythmic taught me in terms of all of this until after the fact and just kind of like coming um, full circle with my health. And that was just understanding like the impact that a sport like that and sports in general have on the body in terms of like adding stress and what that means for how you need to be supporting your body with nutrition and lifestyle um, and understanding like as an athlete, how your period is affected throughout the month and how to be supporting yourself, having conversations with your coach so that they understand what's going on. I think those are like the things that really came full circle from being an athlete, going through that journey myself, and then, you know, working on it and really healing everything. Yeah, I, I can see that totally. So it's, it's interesting how our foundation and our background really sets us up for the life we end up living. It establishes our behaviors, our perspective, the way we think about things, what we prioritize, what we don't prioritize. And it's different for each person. However, there is this really strong bond between all of the sports. I was just talking about this in another interview with Aaron Gales about all the sports that value subjective perfection gymnastics dance cheer figure skating diving it's not objective where you can actually see oh they made a basket they scored a goal it's oh that wasn't good enough they could have had this and you have these varying judges who have to come to an average so when you are striving towards perfection which does not exist and is completely subjective it can cause a lot of issues in your professional career, your romantic life, all of these other things. So did you notice any, <laughs> I, I laugh because I know it's true. Did you notice any perfectionism 
um, throughout, you know, your, your teen years to your early twenties, all of that. Um, and if so, did perfectionism, were there positive and negative uh, parts of the perfectionism or did it affect you more one way than the other? 100%. Yes. Um, <laughs> being in rhythmic definitely makes you perfectionist minded and kind of like all or nothing mentality. Um, and that totally carries over into like your academics, um, relationships, career, and I think I became very aware of that, like when I was in college and figuring out like career things. And even in my early professional days, um, just being very hard on myself and not having a lot of compassion, you know, when things don't go well, or I don't perform well on something. Um, because as an athlete, I was kind of taught that like, if you just train really hard, you get exactly what you want. It works out. Yeah. And that's not, that's not how life works. <laughs> so right. there was a learning curve with that. Um, I would say, you know, those are the, the downsides of being a perfectionist, but the positives too, are that it just made me very driven and ambitious in life and, you know, very committed to getting what I want and having that perseverance. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like dedicated to, you know, showing up really well for my clients and doing really good work. And um, I think that like, those are all really great benefits of having experience with like a sport that created a lot of perfectionism in your life. Um, so, you know, there's, there's good and bad there. <laughs> right. The integrity is, is a very, yeah. very big one, I think for athletes yeah. in general, but also the perfectionistic sports. Um, so kind of shifting the conversation now a little bit away from gymnastics, but more focused to hormones, which is kind of your, your, your new wheelhouse, where your focus is, where your passion um, is. Can you give us hormones 101 in 60 seconds or less? Yes. So I can go over, I'm just going to go over the main things that need to be prioritized to have healthy hormones before getting into like anything fancy. So number one, regulating your nervous system. This absolutely affects your ability to balance your hormones, um, balancing your blood sugar, because this is stress on the body. So more stress means issues with your hormones. And then number three is minerals. So making sure you're replenishing important minerals like sodium, magnesium, potassium, also vitamin C, these are things that get depleted during times of stress, which is like, if you're active, um, that's stress on the body too. Um, and then also nourishment. So, you know, making sure you're eating three meals a day, um, not going, you know, more than six out five hours without eating, um, and making sure your meals have a protein, carb, and a fat. Like these are the baseline things that need to be in place before you can be testing your hormones, um, taking fancy supplements, doing certain protocols. Like you need to be doing that first or none of that's really going to work. Yeah. Very good one. There's no magic pill people's yes, no magic pill. There's no, Oh, this supplement will make me, yeah. will make me sleep fully and Oh, this will, you know, then you get dependent on certain things and you're, it's just a really, let's not so this is, I'm not preaching my lifestyle to people, but this is part of the reason that 
I've never had alcohol. I don't do drugs. I don't take supplements. I don't drink caffeine. It's just because I, I like to be aware of what my body is actually feeling. And I don't like to manipulate in certain ways. Like, yes. Okay. When I have an injury or a surgery, I'm taking pain meds or whatever, but it's not, Oh, I'm tired. Let me take this. I'll really only drink a tea with melatonin or something. If something is really, really off. Um, but it helps you be in touch with your body and not feel something that could potentially be a withdrawal from something else because your body has gotten accustomed to this. It's just causes way too many moving parts. And if you're already feeling overwhelmed and stress, the more (laughs) things you're adding to your plate is just going to overwhelm you more and more. So what's like kind of the main thing clients come to you about and and that common issue that seems to kind of be the, the trend among your clients? I would say, you know, wanting clarity on their health and nutrition. They're feeling very overwhelmed about what they need to be eating to feel better and have better energy and, you know, have a healthy pain-free period. Um, it's very confusing with all the information out there. Um, so, you know, wanting confidence and clarity with their nutrition and wanting to find a way of eating that feels good to them. And, you know, it's both nourishing and flavorful, right? So, um, you know, not feeling like they have to do this restrictive diet or restrictive protocol to heal their hormones. And the good news is that you don't have to do that and I don't recommend it. (laughs) So, Um, I really encourage, you know, a lifestyle that includes all foods and it's more about creating that nourishing foundation for your body so that it has the ability to support your hormones and, you know, fight inflammation and then you can have space for other foods too. So we say the general hormones, but if people don't even really know what hormones are or what hormones they have or what they should be paying attention to once they kind of are in a pretty good place because obviously the people who listen to this are primarily active. They're former athletes. They have a sense of, of their health and, in, in, in that aspect, but they know nothing, let's say about hormones. What can you do to educate them in this podcast? I would just start with the basics. I mean, there's so many hormones. I'm not going to name right. them, but um, when it comes to hormones, like some primary ones are going to be like your sex hormones. So, you know, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, um, you know, these are really important for supporting like a healthy cycle and influencing how you feel throughout your cycle. So, you know, when these are off, it's very common to experience like painful PMS or a lot of mood swings. Um, so making sure that those things are in harmony, um, and making changes to your diet and lifestyle. You know, if you are experiencing period problems, like it's good to look into that. And then outside of, you know, sex hormones, there's also your thyroid hormone. So thyroid makes a couple of different hormones. Um, you have T3, you have T4, you have TSH. So, um, the most important hormone there is going to be your T3, because this is your active thyroid hormone. Um, and the reason we care so much about thyroid is it is like the regulator of so many things, your metabolism, your digestion, your mood, your body temperature, um, your energy levels, your fertility, your cycle. So like 
if you're having issues in any of those areas, you do want to have your thyroid looked at. Other important hormones like cortisol, your stress hormone, um, you want to make sure that your stress response is being well-regulated. We tend to be in a constant state of fight or flight these days, and I've kind of become numb to stress. So like not even realizing when we're really pushing ourselves too hard and that constant release of cortisol um, eventually gets you feeling pretty burned out. So um, it's common to feel like really energized when your cortisol is really high. And then over time, your body can't keep up with that. Your adrenals uh, get very uh, worn out trying to release so much cortisol. And that's when you feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And other hormones. So we have insulin too. Insulin is really important for regulating our blood sugar. And that's why I talked about um, blood sugar as being one of the primary um, focuses for balancing your hormones, because when blood sugar is imbalanced, this creates stress and stress in turn affects your sex hormones like progesterone and estrogen. So it's all, it's all connected. Um, there's plenty of more hormones I could mention, but <laughs> I think I'm just like in here, you know, like taking notes. Yeah. Which, like I love that because I think our audience also very much values education, not just being told what to do, but they want to understand why they want to understand what, and that's what really separates the train like a gymnast audience um, and the you know former athletes. It's it's we we always want to know more, learn more, be better. Um, so if you have more to say, like we've all heard these things or seen them in articles or whatever. Um, but not many of us have direct access to a registered dietitian, right? So if you're able to, if you want to keep going, feel free, because I think I'm sure people are loving this because mm-hmm. I was, you know, it's, it's, I know certain things, but you know, I was like, oh, I didn't realize it regulated that too. You know, it's that kind of stuff will, will really help. So if there's any others that come to your mind, feel free. I can go over a couple more. Okay. So DHEA is another important hormone. This is another one of your sex hormones. Um, It is important because it's an anti-aging hormone. So it plays a role in your energy levels. It plays a role in preventing wrinkles. It plays a role in your sex drive. So, you know, all of these things are going to influence or have a preventative effect on aging, right? If you do have enough DHEA. Um, and when you're not producing enough DHEA, that's a good reason to look into your um, supporting your adrenals because um, your adrenals produce DHEA. So if you're struggling with that, you probably need to work on your stress and nourishing your adrenal glands, which is another thing I could go into. <laughs> um, but to stay focused on hormones here, um, two other ones would be your hunger and satiety hormones. Mm-hmm. So um, ghrelin is your hunger hormone and then leptin is your satiety hormone. So these work together to help regulate appetite and in situations where you're under eating, chronically dieting, these hormones can really be thrown off. And that's why you have, um, challenges with like knowing when you're actually hungry, if you've been chronically under eating and just not being in tune with your hunger cues, um, those can definitely be thrown off. So yeah, that's like a, that's a crash course. Yeah. On bones. I love it. I love yeah. it. So good. Yeah. What do you think is the most important thing that athletic women know about their hormones? 
the most important thing they know mm -hmm. or to keep in mind um, to keep in mind yeah um i would say realizing how much you know with being an athlete like your body really does take a hit and it's really important to be supporting your body so that you can remain in healthy hormonal status so you know of course doing all the basic things like making sure you're eating three meals a day, you're prioritizing your pre-workout nutrition, as well as your intra-workout nutrition, which is like what you would be eating during a workout if you're training more than 60 minutes. Um, and then, you know, adding in additional support like adaptogenic herbs, um, those are really powerful for just helping your body respond better to stress. Um, so things like ashwagandha, holy basil, um, rhodiola, those are all really great adaptogens that will help nourish your adrenal glands and help, you know, regulate your stress response so that you're not getting burned out. Um, and then also like making sure to replenish minerals too, because those are depleted during stress and we need these minerals <laughs> for our hormones. So, um, yeah, I would say those are like the main main things that really prioritize as a female athlete um, to support healthy hormones um, as just like foundational things. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a couple things and like, what, what are some symptoms that could signal someone's hormones are out of whack? Like you said, if you're having issues with that, like what do those issues look like? And maybe some people don't even realize that those are symptoms of some kind of adrenal fatigue or whatever is going on low energy, feeling tired all the time. This can often indicate issues with your thyroid. Also like bloating, constipation, digestion issues. This can also indicate issues with your thyroid because like I said, that is all tied into thyroid function. So, so many systems in your body will be off if your thyroid's not functioning well. Digestion issues, problems with your period, like that is a big one. Um, because really if your hormones are in balance, like getting your period should be a pretty mild, um, experience, you know, it's normal to experience a little bit of cramping, you know, maybe lower mood, but it shouldn't be so severe that it's impacting your daily life where like you can't work out because you're cramping so hard or you can't do day-to-day -day things. Um, or, you know, you're uncomfortable going places because your period is so heavy. Like those are not normal things that definitely indicates there's, there's something off with your hormones and maybe even your thyroid too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's perfect because somebody will be like, oh, I just thought I was different or, you know, that happened to them last month or they are experiencing that. And they might've just thought they were overwhelmed or stressed with work or they, they weren't sleeping enough. So, I mean, of course, sleeping is wonderful and it helps with so many things <laughs> but there are other things that go into play as well um yeah, absolutely is, is there any any finding of yours um through research in this field that has been like most surprising to you i think for me it was realizing the impact that nutrient deficiencies have on your hormone health so it's not just about like eating nutritious food, it's making sure you're getting the right foods. And a lot of times, especially with like active women, 
they're avoiding nutrient dense food because either they've heard that it's bad for you, um, or, you know, they don't want to eat it because it's higher in calories. Just to give an example, like red meat, heard a lot of things about red meat, not being, you know, healthy for you, not being good for your heart, but it is one of the most nutrient dense proteins you could be eating great source of minerals that are going to support like your thyroid and your liver health. And also, you know, foods like seafood, um, seaweed, you know, these things we don't typically, not all of us typically eat. And they're just really important for getting like an abundance of minerals in the body. Um, I didn't even name all of them, but I would just say in general, like you need to prioritize nutrient dense foods in your diet and not just be eating like chicken breast and veggies and rice. Because okay, so stop yelling at me. Fine. <laughs> I don't eat seafood and I don't eat red meat anymore. I pretty much just eat, you know, poultry, like chicken, turkey. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do have salads and stuff, but just the, like, I used to eat red meat. I never did the seafood thing. I think that's genetic with my dad, but I just, I just look at it now and I'm like, mm, I can't do it for some reason. So yes, therein comes the iron issue. And I do take, you know, like vitamins, not necessarily like my supplements, bro, but you know, my little gummy vitamins, cause I don't do pills. Well, um, so that's kind of like how I look at it there. And when I talk to clients in personal training wise, it's, it's like, I don't want my clients to be taking all these powders and making a shake and just drinking shakes. I want you getting the nutrients from your foods. So then okay, if you don't eat red meat or you're a vegetarian, find your iron from different sources that you do eat. Like just because you don't eat one particular thing or maybe you're allergic to something, right? And that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to be deficient and never be able to fulfill that, that need, but get curious, talk to a registered dietitian or uh, a nutritionist who has some level of training. Um, don't just trust like, a magazine article or a news article online, like go to the .edu's or the Arita Scientific Journal, those kinds of things where you're getting legitimate information. And like I've said this before, you know, they're dense, but it's, it's better than having a journalist or a freelance writer summarize something so that an eighth grade level can understand. Um, because one, you're better than that. If you're listening to this <laughs> and two, Joanna, what do you have to say? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I definitely agree that, you know, there's ways to work around. Um, if you are, you know, vegan or vegetarian and aren't eating things like seafood and red meat, Um, I have clients like that myself that are working through, you know, hormone issues. Um, yeah. And it's all about just finding alternatives and probably fine tuning your nutrition a little bit to make sure you're getting enough of those nutrients, because when you are, um, vegan or vegetarian, um, you do have to eat a higher quantity of those, those foods, like to make sure you're getting in enough iron to make sure you're getting in enough zinc, uh, and like also like vitamin A. So these are all nutrients that are really important for thyroid and liver health. Um, just to name a few, not all of them. Right, right. <laughs> um, 
yeah it's 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 it kind of goes with just even like physical conditioning if someone's like oh i hurt my knee i can't work out today it's like okay you have an upper body we can we can do upper body we can do core there are so many things that we can do um and so if you just look at your nutrition like that and and i'll take out the word just because just implies that it's simple or easy um but if you can find a way to shift that perspective and look at things well i'm not able to do this right now or i don't eat this what can i do and sure if you're vegan or vegetarian it's going to be harder potentially might be more expensive depending on the quality um that you're that you're purchasing or whatever uh and if you're also trying to lose weight at the same time you're really going to want to work with professionals on that because it is so much to manage and you've got other stuff in your day to worry about like if you got a regular nine to five you don't need to be doing like our full-time job as well on top of that um i definitely recommend figuring out a little budget so you, you can be educated and learn um, so that it becomes almost second nature. I didn't know this stuff when I was when I was even in college. I learned a lot of this um, in my senior year and after. So it's possible for it to become part of your lifestyle, um, and it doesn't have to be your full time thing. But the more you know, the less intimidating it seems. Yeah, I completely agree with that because um, I think a lot of the overwhelm and stress around food is not having the knowledge and just hearing so many different things that you're like, I can't figure this out. Right. Uh, and it creates a lot of stress. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it adds the stress, which raises your cortisol and it makes you retain fat. And then you're like, I can't lose this weight and I'm eating it. And then it's just a fun right. spiral. Which yeah. Then and they, then they come to me and then I deal with that. And then I send them back to, you know, other people like, like Joanna yeah. to it's, it's uh, important to know a baseline level. And I think a lot of that is that education, because if we go to, you know, areas that have um, like statistically higher levels of obesity or statistically higher levels of fast food restaurants and not a whole foods in sight, a lot of it's the education. It's why are we taught certain things in school and we are not taught about mental health? We're not taught about nutrition. Well, I mean, you're, you're a little bit younger than me, right? What year were you born? I think I'm older than you. I was born really? in 90. Oh, I'm 90. Okay. So you're like one year older than me. So when we were in school, right? Like, like, like dairy was like the biggest thing in the food pyramid. Right. Uh, you know, grains and then like, it's like so backwards. And right. it, it wasn't backwards for profitability for certain companies um but once you understand and and learn more then you can see right through those kinds of um like advertisements and lessons because you're like this is not this is not fact this does not make any sense um do you have anything to say on that kind of what we were taught versus what's being taught now and how how we can kind of progress in the future to make that almost a standard for humans yeah, I think so much of what we were taught was a lot of like, eat this, not that. Um, and when I was younger, it was definitely a lot of messaging around like eating everything low fat and like all like lean, all the lean proteins. Um, and 
yeah, it's like, this is not what nutrition is about. This is not what supporting like a balanced body is about. And it's like, until you, you learn more about nutrition, you can't even see from that perspective. So as someone from the outside world who knows nothing about nutrition, they see these messages and they think that's what they have to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, On those networks, you know, the cereal commercials, part of this complete nutrition breakfast. You're like, (laughs) right. It's like, no, cereal is not a balanced breakfast. (laughs) It could be part of one, but cereal itself. No, that is not not breakfast, especially for an athlete. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's those kinds of messages that make people so confused because they're getting so many different ones. And now there's, you know, all these diets out there, there's keto, there's paleo, there's whole 30 Mm -hmm. low carb and intermittent fasting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And when you're struggling with your health, it's very easy to get stuck in that cycle of like, well, this didn't work. So I'm going to try this diet or I'm going to go to this other extreme and something I really, you know, prioritize with my clients is helping them see that they don't have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have to go to extremes to improve their health and have healthy hormones. What is uh, your take on intermittent fasting? Because we used to have that as part of our TLAG program and it did help like tons of our, of our clients and they were able to lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I don't know if a lot of them like continued it after the program, but it was a good, it was a good educator to get them aware of their hunger cues, get them to kind of regulate and wait and understand how much more energy they have when their body's not constantly digesting and give their digestive enzymes a break and all of that. And I know it's another one of those quote unquote fads. It could be a fad, but I have some friends who are like, all for it. And then I have some friends who are like, no, it's a risk. You shouldn't be doing this. But your perspective could also be specifically for athletic women versus the general. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for like general public, it's, it's another way to lose weight because it is like, it's time restricted feeding. So if you're not able to eat all day, of course, you're going to lose some weight. (laughs) Um, So I think that's why it works for a lot of um, people in the general population, because it doesn't feel like a diet where they're tracking macros mm-hmm. or like really restricted. It's just like eating in a smaller window. So, right. um, it doesn't feel as much of a, as a diet. So for some people, it's probably more sustainable, mm-hmm. um, in terms of athletic women, right. I definitely don't support it just because, you know, it's really hard to coordinate like your fueling when you're intermittent fasting, especially if you have, you know, variations in your training schedule or you're training twice a day. Mm-hmm. but you have this like shortened feeding window. It's just like, it doesn't work. Right. Um, and overall it can be really hard to meet your total calorie days. If you're shortening your feeding window, cause it's already hard enough as right. an athlete to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be really strategic with like how early you start eating and making sure you're, you know, timing your meals and snacks, right. So that you're getting enough food in the day. So, um, yeah, for that reason, I, I don't, like it for athletic women Mm -hmm. um, and just like the impact that can have in terms of like stress on the body too and Mm -hmm. their their menstrual cycles like yeah I'm just I'm not a fan of it (laughs) right so what we mean by athletic women like let's say you're uh you know in collegiate gymnastics 
Okay. And you do train, you know, twice a day, maybe you do weights in the morning, and then you've got like general practice in the afternoon, <clears throat> very hard to fuel in a window, but let's say you're a part of, you know, train like a gym, gymnast and you have our app and you have a nine to five and you're only able to really do your workouts after work and on weekends, like it's probably going to be a little more possible for you. We're talking mm -hmm. about that, that athletic overload to where every single time you train, you're bait, you're doing damage to your muscles. You're creating micro tears. That's why you need so much replenishment. You need sleep so that you're able to repair and get stronger and continue to improve. Um, if it's something where you're just kind of in the maintenance mode, that's, that's where it's like, we're talking about general population sustainability. Um, so figure out which pool you kind of fall into if you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention, I think coming from a background where I've worked with a lot of, you know, disordered eating clients, of course, I am not supportive of intermittent fasting because in a way it's right. like forced starvation. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just creating more restriction around food. And yes. I really pride myself and value like, you know, helping clients have a healthy relationship with food. So mm -hmm. I think that's another reason why I'm personally just not a huge fan of it. But, yeah. Yeah. But it can work for some people. You know, I'm not saying it is um total crap. I think yeah. Yeah. for some people it can be an effective way to help them, you know, lose weight if they need to do that for health reasons. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, more sustainable sometimes than other um diet. Complete diet. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if you do have a history of eating disorders, definitely not the thing for you. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. We had a couple of those who were like, I don't think I could do this. I'm like, nope, just, uh, just pay attention to what you're eating. If you want to like text me a picture of what you're eating, just so I can make sure that it's not, not crap. Um, right. that's pretty much it. It's, it's more so looking at the quality of it. If you have an issue with, um, like portion sizes, if that, if that's a hard struggle for you, um, if you are someone who is running around crazy busy all of the time, so there, there are ways where certain things can fit in to your life. And yes, a lot of health and wellness is experimentation until you find the right combination of what works for you and your lifestyle. Because we can't just throw a blanket statement out here for everyone listening, because we don't know what your lifestyle is like. We don't know when you train. We don't know what you what your budget is for food we don't know what's in your fridge we don't know what you hide in the top cabinet we don't know you know how many people are in your family there are so many different aspects that go into what we as professionals can end up recommending to you uh to start with and i don't know about you or how you do it but when i'm kind of working with clients and giving them something new for behavior change i start them like try this for two weeks see how it goes and then we'll adjust from there is that a similar window for you yeah. I mean, I usually, I usually check in with clients. I have calls with them every other week. Right. So yeah. we're always, yeah. Checking in on how things are going, what's, what's working, what's not going well. Um, but yeah, in general with behavior change, like I always say to focus on one thing yes. to integrate, even if I give them, you know, a, a list of things that they need to focus on, like pick one mm -hmm. and Think of how you can like integrate that into your daily life or your nutrition habits and like just focus on that and then move on to the next one. Absolutely. Because we all know overwhelm sometimes when you're so stressed and in a place you're like, if you give me one more option, I will explode. 
Um, so there's your choose that one. Um, that's pretty much all of like the question questions that I had written for you. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss, share with any listeners, or you think is really important um, for anyone to know today? Yes. So something that is really hot right now is cycle syncing. Lots of influencers talking about this topic. And I think it would be good to just give like a brief. Yeah, let's go for it. Overview about this. Um, So I do believe in being in sync with your own cycle and figuring out like what you need to change in terms of your training and nutrition and lifestyle based on how you are affected by your your menstrual cycle. Um, but a lot of these like cycle syncing programs and recommendations, they're just very standardized. And it's like, you know, on your period, you should do yoga and not work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like rest of your follicular phase, like strength train and hit training and then mm-hmm. it's like ovulation, um, again, like encouraging like the intense workouts. And then it's like luteal phase, like week before your period, like doing like yeah Yeah, this is not how it works for every female and like the research on menstrual cycle is so variable because women vary so much with their period so it's really hard to make like generalized recommendations about specifically what you should be eating how you should be training like this is very personalized Mm. Um, and this is why i really recommend working with like a health professional who specializes in this, um, and, you know, not following these generalized plans that are like claiming that, you know, if you follow this cycle syncing plan, it'll help you with weight loss. Um, cause again, that's like generalized recommendations. And as a woman, like we are just so different. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really important to watch out for those things and just remember that like getting in tune with your cycle um, is it's kind of like, it's a learning curve. So it's taking time to make note of like the patterns you're noticing and, you know, what, what went wrong that month that was causing that to happen. And this is, you know, things you can learn working with a professional on this, like, you know, what do I need to be changing with my diet or with my lifestyle so that I can have a healthier period or just, um, make it more manageable and not make it seem like it's a pain and getting in the way of your day. It's a matter of, Oh, like I tend to feel like this at this time of the month, I know, you know, not to schedule a lot of things or plan to do really intense training at this time of the month, you know, that going ahead into the next month, um, so that you really feel like in charge of your body and not like your period is this problem that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, So yes, I I really support being in sync and in tune with your own cycle, but not following these like generalized uh, plans in terms of like how you should be working out and eating. And start tracking your own data. Like she's saying, like when you're able to make a note in your phone or have some kind of app where you're just like feeling like this today, did this. And the more data you gather over the months, you'll begin to see the patterns. And that's when you can kind of figure out, okay, during this, you break it up to your own phases and see what works for you. And you can always, like she said, have the help of a professional when you need that assistance and you can't even begin to think of how you can do that. So if anybody wants to work with you, ask you questions, reach out, how can they find you and how can they inquire? Yes. So my Instagram is the flexible dietitian. Um, So you can always reach out to me on there via DMs. 
Um, and then I have an application link in my bio for mentorship programs that I offer. So I have an eight week and a 12 week mentorship program right now. And then I'm actually, nobody knows about this yet, but I'm um, running something really special with my coaching in the next week. Um, I created a, like a 30 day intensive program to help support women through the holidays and, you know, just take a deeper look at their imbalances and what they can do to help them feel the best, especially at this time of year, that's just a little bit stressful. And when you really do want to be feeling really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I will be releasing to my mailing list first. Um, so if they're interested in learning more about that, um, definitely send me a a DM to get on my, my mailing list and you'll be the first to know about it. Um, and then if there's still spots available, I'll also be releasing it through Instagram, but I would, I would definitely get on my mailing list. If you're interested in learning more about all the details of that. Um, yeah. And then I, I do send out monthly newsletters as well on just tips for supporting hormone health and supporting your body as a, a female athlete. So if any of that interests you, um, just DM me and I'll send a link to join my mailing list. You heard her. Sounds amazing. And I also am going to talk to you if we stop recording about a special certain thing. Okay. I've loved our conversation. I'm excited. I hope you, uh, listening and got something out of this, learned something, took notes, are going to go back and listen to it again, send it to a friend and please feel free to reach out to Joanna or myself. If you have questions, you can always email us at team at trainlikeagymnast.com. We would also appreciate if you wanted to leave a review and give us uh, a rating for what you think about these episodes. So thank you again, Joanna, for joining us and uh, appreciate it. Did you know you can get a discount at trainlikeagymnast.com just for listening to these episodes? It's true. When you go to checkout, just use the promotion code LISTEN in all caps for a surprise. If you loved everything you heard in this episode, be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you want to hear more of. Until next time, train with purpose.